0: Uh thank you for all of the, you that are joining us online. We appreciate you as well. Thanks for joining in. Uh but look around. I mean, it's Christmas. Are you guys excited for it? are you all like fully decorated already? Is that? Yeah, we got okay. Okay. I can I can respect that. I can respect that. See, typically I am um one to wait maybe a week or two or three weeks into December before I kind of get that Christmas spirit. I, sorry, sorry. But, but this year seems to be a little bit different somehow. Um, I mean, again, we have the decor, we got Christmas trees. Um, my wife uh, kind of made us decorate already. Um, and so it's it's coming up. It's coming up. And it might be because of our series that we're launching today as well, uh, Vintage Vibes Christmas Edition. Uh, as we were going through this, uh, Pastor Brian and I, it, it was a lot of fun, but it was also uh, really nostalgic uh, coming or going through some of these these old songs. I mean, whether you're here and you're a Jesus follower you're a christian or not um we've heard these songs so many times haven't we like i'm 40 christmases old this this year um that's not a joke ah uh, okay so i am 40 christmases old and i've i've sang these songs so many times uh since the the time i was able to to talk, right? And many of you have done that as well, but we've heard these songs and sung these songs so many times. In fact, I think, I think most of us haven't really thought about the lyrics in decades, right? They're, they're, they're just Christmas carols, aren't they? Well, yes, but they're a lot more than that as well. Like many of the old hymns, that we used to sing, there's truth and power in in the lyrics that are there. And people have been worshiping God through uh, these songs for a long time, but somewhere along the way, and I don't don't really know if I can pinpoint where that it happened, but they became just carols. And so over the next four weeks leading into uh, Christmas Eve, we're going to take a look at four different uh, Christmas carols. And we're not going to go and tackle every line in each of these songs, but we're going to take out some phrases from each of these songs and talk about them, and our hope in this series is that you'll begin to hear something new in this as we as we dive in a truth that God has placed in the in the lyrics of these songs in a way that you can't hear these songs the same again. That every time you sing uh, these songs, there's something new for you to praise God for. Okay, and so today uh, we're looking at the song "O Come All Ye Faithful" and. Many of you, you already have the tune in your head, right? Oh, come all ye faithful. Now, just to give you a little bit of history, uh, this song was actually written originally in Latin, which I found kind of fascinating. Um, it had the title, Adeste Fidelis, or however you pronounce Latin. I did good? All oh, our, our Grace kids, they know. Um, I'm so proud. I did well. Okay. So it was written by a guy named John uh, Francis Wade, uh, who was an 18th century hymnist. And then in about 1841, it was translated into English and by a guy named F- uh, Frederick Oakley. And that's how we get O Come All Ye Faithful. But it's this, this song, this carol that has stood the test of time and has been sung throughout the ages. And I thought it would be kind of fun if I like, grabbed a guitar or got behind the piano and I said... Well, I hope you all enjoy my rendition of, oh, come all ye faithful. But then I thought to myself, like, well, we want people to enjoy their experience at Hill Country, and so I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that, Um, although I guess that could be entertaining for many of you. Um, That's a different different, uh, time. But... I will tell you that after the sermon on each of these, our worship team's going to play these songs. And I, know, I can tell you, and I'm glad, and I'm sure all of you, that we have people that can sing, right? And so thank you, Dylan and the team and all of those people that they're going to come back up here after the sermon and lead us in this song. And again, hopefully you, you get a, a taste, a new truth that you can, you can sink your teeth into. But the lyrics are at the top of your notes, and it says, and you can follow along, O come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant, O come ye, O come ye to Bethlehem, come and behold him, born the king of angels, O come, let us adore him, O come, let us adore him, O come, let us adore him, us adore him Christ the lord, and it's it's this wonderful, kind of catchy, easy to sing song and when you, but when you start to think about some of those lyrics, if you're anything like me, it can be a little bit daunting, actually. Like, especially this, the first line in this, in this song. O oh come, all ye faithful, joyful, and triumphant. And the reason is because many times, especially during the Christmas season, we feel anything but faithful, joyful, and triumphant. Right? Often, many times, we feel defeated or depressed or, if we're honest, maybe a little doubtful. And we can we can feel like, man, I, I don't even know if I'm the one that's supposed to come in this song. Like, I don't f- always feel that. This song isn't really talking about me. I'm the furthest thing from faithful, joyful, or triumphant right now. And for you, maybe it's on the faithfulness side. Like, maybe you knew God was calling you to do something, and uh, once you got there, it was more difficult than you thought it was going to be. And it's like, man, God, did you even really call me to this? Just kind of struggling through that faith issue. Or maybe it's some other faith issue that's causing a lot of questioning in your life right now. Like, God, what are you doing? Are you even doing anything? God, are, are you even there? It, maybe we have a little bit of doubt. Maybe we're more on the faithless side this Christmas season. Or maybe for you, it's that, that triumphant word. That's a weird word. We don't use a whole lot nowadays because like we said, a lot of times we feel more defeated. Don't we? we? We look on our finances maybe and we're like, I thought I'd be in a better position than I am today. I just don't feel all that triumphant in that. Or maybe it's in your marriage and after 20, 30, 40, 50 years for some of you, I thought I, we would be in a different place than we are right now. I don't feel all that triumphant in that. And you can feel more defeated than anything else. Or maybe it's in the joyful side of things. And I don't know about you, but like joy can get sucked out of the room real real quick sometimes. And this is kind of a silly example, but I don't enjoy shopping all that much. Um, But I think anybody who goes and tries to shop this time of year, that could be its own kind of trial and tribulation, right? But... Maybe it's Costco, maybe it's H-E-B, wherever I'm at, it's like I get to the end and there's two lines with the equal amount of people in it. And I inevitably choose the wrong one, right? I get the one where the person's writing a check. It's like, who writes checks? And then the next person's the, like, coupon lady. Now, don't get me If you're the coupon lady, God bless you. God loves you. Like, we used to do the the whole couponing, but keep going. You save all of those tens of cents. Like, you keep going. Or, like, I get the person that picked up the the item without the barcode, and they have to call back to get, like, a price check. And you know nobody's back there getting the price check. And so we wait and wait and wait. And by the end of it, it's like, okay, I got places to be. My kids are hungry my joy gets sucked out of, out of the room. But, and again, that's kind of a silly example, but there are way more serious things that can rob us and steal our joy and we find ourselves just not feeling all that joyful. For me, as I begin to look at this song and I, I start to question, like, I wonder who it is then that God calls. Doesn't seem to be me right now. But is that true? Because... I don't feel like the faithful, joyful, triumphant one that he seems to be calling in this song. But the good news is it's not exactly that. It's not exactly the the faithful, joyful, triumphant one that that he's calling, at least not on the onset, not at the beginning, okay? In fact, we see that Jesus calls the weary and the burdened. And we see this in Matthew 11, uh, where Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Okay. So Jesus calls the weary and the burdened. And then the second thing is Jesus calls sinners. Matthew 9, on hearing this, Jesus said, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. For I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. And so we could almost rewrite this song a little bit and have it say, oh, come all ye sinners, ye weary and burdened, come to Bethlehem. But the good news is the, the, the good news that Jesus doesn't leave us there. And thank goodness, because I, I, think, I think all of us would much rather be the faithful, joyful, triumphant one, right? And so Jesus, he may call us while we're in that state of being weary and burdened and realizing like, man, I've tried everything else I know how to try and nothing seems to be working for me. He may call us in that state, and then we realize, you know, I need, I need him, I need Jesus. And when we answer him, when we put our faith in him for everlasting life, when we believe in him, something beautiful happens. Okay? We see this in 2 Corinthians 5. If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, and the new is here. And today, maybe you, you were invited by somebody. You came here maybe today just to start hearing some Christmas tunes. But I want you to realize that God is beckoning you to follow him. He says, come on, let's go. Let's do life together. Let's, let's do this. The old's gone. The new's here. He wants to make you a new creation, as it called it in that passage. Which begs the question, if he doesn't leave us there in that weary, burdened state, if the old goes away and the new comes, what, what does Jesus help us to become? What is that new creation? What are we talking about? And that's a, that's a great question that we're going to unpack here a little bit. And the first thing is that Jesus helps us become more faithful. He helps us become more faithful. You don't feel all that faithful right now? Jesus helps us become more faithful. We see in Hebrews 12, it says, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of our faith. And the the Greek word that was translated author here is actually translated a little bit differently in some other translations, which I think is a little bit more clear, where it'll say pioneer or the originator, meaning he's led the way. He's set the example. Let's fix our eyes on Jesus as he leads the way, sets the example. He's perfected it, and he wants us to follow him. And as we follow him, we fix our eyes on him. Our faith starts to grow. Well, how does it do that? We see in Romans 10, it says, so faith comes from hearing. But hearing what? Right? Faith comes from hearing the good news about, about Christ. Hearing God's word, it builds our faith. It fortifies our faith. When we hear God's word, we follow him. When we fix our eyes on him. Our faith starts to, starts to build up. Gosh, I mean, maybe you lost somebody this year. Maybe you... Uh, tried to do something, and it didn't turn out quite the way you thought it was going to. Maybe you found yourself struggling at some point this year. Let me read this passage for you that comes from Isaiah 43, and I, I want you to just sit in it for a bit. As I'm reading this, feel your faith start to, start to build, start to be fortified just a little bit. Those of you that are having maybe that faith trial, just listen. It says, When you pass through the waters, I will be there with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames, they will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. See, when I read that, and I think when those of us who have put our faith in Jesus, hear those words, we can feel that a little bit. And in that process, as we read and hear God's word, our faith starts to build up. And Jesus helps us become more faithful in that. And as, as we're in his word, as it gets inside of us, and as God's word kind of permeates through our being, our faith starts to build up a little bit. And then the second thing is Jesus helps us to become more joyful We actually uh, see joy talked about in Galatians 5 as a fruit of the Spirit. That the fruit of the Spirit is love and that it's joy. And many of you know there's more fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, uh, self-control. All of those things. But focus with me on the fruit of the Spirit is love and it's joy. Now, what are we talking about here? It's kind of that example of the apple tree. right? An apple tree produces apples because it's an apple tree, right? It can't just try really hard and produce an apple. It doesn't work like that. It produces it because it's an apple tree. And it's very similar in that we can't produce joy on our own, right? Joy comes from a right relationship with Jesus. It comes from a right relationship with With God. In fact, that new creation that we talked about, the Bible says that when we believe in Jesus, God puts His spirit inside of us. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. And the fruit of that spirit living in us is love and it's joy. Now, uh, I want you to understand that joy and happiness are very different things. It's not what we're talking about. And we put it this way happiness depends on happenings, but joy depends on Jesus. Happiness depends on happenings. Like what's going on with me right now? Do I, do I like what's going on with me right now or do I not like what's going on with me right now? And that, the answers to those questions kind of determine the state of my happiness. But joy, that comes from Jesus. That comes from way down deep. That comes from something that's not a part of this world. It comes from something that, that was placed in us by a living God and put inside of our spirit. And out of the overflow of that, spirit is, comes love and joy. Because, it's, because of happiness depends on happenings, but joy depends on Jesus. We, we actually see this in the Christmas story. Remember when the angels were, uh, they came and they were proclaiming to the shepherds who were out in the countryside watching over their flocks? We see this in the story picks up in Luke 2. And it says, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news. That will cause great joy for all of the people. Why? Because today in the town of David, a Savior, Jesus, has been born to you and to all of us. Right? A Savior's been born. Jesus. And that Savior that's been born causes great joy because joy depends on Jesus. And this Savior, Jesus, can help us become more faithful. And this Savior, Jesus, can help us become more joyful. And then the third thing, Jesus, and you see where this is going, Jesus helps us to become more triumphant. That strange word that we don't say a whole lot. He, beca- he helps us become more triumphant. Now, to feel more triumphant, I think a lot of us need somebody else in our life who kind of helps us feel that way. Isn't that true? Because many times, like we talked about earlier, we feel more defeated than anything. And we see this trope kind of all the time in uh, TV shows and movies and where the, the underdog is cowering before a bully or running away from an issue until they make that friend who's bigger and big enough and strong enough and tough enough to, and will have their back and fight with them. Now, this is going to give a, a kind of away the era that I grew up in, but it's that scene in The Lion King, where Simba is like, being chased by the hyenas, and he tries to roar, and he just gets laughed at. And then he tries again, but it's his dad's vo- or roar that strikes fear. Remember that? Or in Karate Kid, when Danielson like gets beat up, and then Mr. Miyagi comes and fights for him. Remember that? Or The Sandlot, or Star Wars, or any number of those underdog stories that we see. There's this underdog, and he's so defeated until those closest to him surround him and support him and fight with him in his time of need. And then all of a sudden, that underdog has newfound confidence. He overcomes. He triumphs. Now, here's the thing. I think many of us don't realize or we forget or we don't quite trust who it is that has our back. Right? Because it's God. God has our back. He fights with us. He does life with us. We see this prophecy written about Jesus hundreds of years before his birth, and it came out in a text to Isaiah 9. It says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. I mean, talk about triumphant. And we, we see this passage and it's prophesying about this young baby who we see today in this little manger scene. And I was going to steal the baby Jesus out of our manger scene from home, but I forgot this morning. But we, we, see, this, we see this little baby Jesus in this little uh, manger scene and it looks all pretty and all these porcelain figures in this pristine little environment. And we see Mary and Joseph and this little angelic being and then this little precious baby right there. But you have to understand that that little precious baby is the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. It's what the Bible calls the alpha and the omega, the the beginning and the end. He's all of those things. He's the one that spoke everything into existence. He's the author of our life. He's the author of our faith, the pioneer pioneer of our faith. He's the perfecter of it. He's all of those things, the bread of life. He's our salvation. He's the lifter of our heads. And as the song says, he is born the king of angels, and we come to adore him. For he is Christ the Lord. I mean, talk about triumphant. That's who has our back. You want to be triumphant? We have to understand who it is that does life with us, who it is that fights with us. And my prayer is that as you hear the truth that's been ringing out and through the ages of the lyrics of this song, my my hope is that you hear it, Oh, come all ye faithful, not not because maybe we're all that faithful right now, but because he is. He's so faithful to us. Oh, come all ye faithful, be joyful and triumphant. Follow him. Know he's for you. He fights with you. Come to Bethlehem. Come and see the the born king of angels. Come, let us adore him. Let us adore him for he is Christ, the king. So as we wrap up today, there are those of you that are here right now that you would say, you know what? Man, I, I don't feel all that much faith. I don't feel all that much joy right now. I don't feel all that much triumph right now let me tell you why. Because you're not in a right relationship with Jesus. Jesus builds those things in us. And maybe you've forgotten who it is that stands with you, who it is that's called you, or maybe you're, you're not in a relationship with him at all, right? You've never believed in him for everlasting life. We talked about it earlier. Jesus calls the weary and he calls the burdened. And maybe you feel that a little bit today. Maybe you've been on this journey and you've tried a few things and it just isn't working out for you. Let me tell you what does work. Jesus works, right? When Jesus comes in, God sent him as a baby into a manger to die on a cross one day. Why? Because we've all fallen short. We all fall short of the standard that God has. That separates us from him. That's what that that means. But we are brought back or we're reconciled back to God Because of the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross. Not because we've done anything good, because we haven't. It's because of his goodness. It's because of his love for us that he sent his son to die in our place on the cross so that we could be forgiven. And that's what works. And when you say, Yes, Jesus, I believe in you, I trust you alone for everlasting life, what happens? What happens? You become a new creation. Where the old's gone, all that stuff that didn't work, all that stuff that you've been trying, it doesn't work. But what does work is Jesus, and he brings this new creation, which is that spirit that he puts inside of us. That spirit inside of us brings the love and the joy and the peace and the patience, all of those things that we, we can't just produce on our own, right? He brings that. We can't produce it, but we can obtain it through a right relationship with him. And so today, there are those of you that were brought here to hear that truth. And if you respond to him, you'll receive the greatest gift you could ever receive, a new life in Jesus, a new life in Christ, like Monica shared earlier. And please, if you do that, if you believe in him for the first time this morning, talk to somebody. We're gonna have some people up to, to pray afterward. Talk talk with one of them. Pull somebody aside. Tell them, I believed in Jesus. I'm a new creation. We wanna celebrate that with you. And for all of us, we're going to sing this song here in a moment. Our our worship team is gonna come back and onto the stage and we're gonna to, to sing together. So as we sing the words, Oh, come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Be reminded that the reason we can be Faithful, joyful, and triumphant is because of Jesus. He stands with us. He leads us. He guides us. He sets the example, and he's paved the way for us. Like Romans 8, if God is for us, who who can be against us? Let's pray together. God, you are so good. God, thank you for these songs that remind us of your goodness, of your faithfulness of how triumphant you are. God, and if we don't feel that right now, if we don't feel that this Christmas season, we pray your strength. We pray your spirit, a reminder of who you are in us. God, use your word to strengthen our faith. God, we love you. And God, if there's anybody here that isn't in a right relationship with you, maybe they, they, they know you, but they've forgotten. They've forgotten who you really are. God, give them a reminder this week that their faith can be built up, that their joy can be, can be overflowing because of their right, right relationship with you. God, and if there are people here that have never placed their faith in you, that have never believed in you for everlasting life, I pray that you, that you would reveal yourself to them too. You're beckoning them. Come on, let's go. Let's, let's do life together. God, we know how you can change lives, how you can you can come in and make all the difference in the world. We can't produce these in ourselves, but you can. God, we love you. We ask that of you. We pray all this in your son, Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Church, I want to invite you to stand. And like Jason said, we're going to respond to this message with this beautiful, beautiful carol. We just want to invite you just to listen to the lyrics of the song. I want you to sing with us.